2: Hello and welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast, Rapid Reactions Edition. I'm Rylan Styles, and alongside me, as always, is co-host Grant Tuttle. And Grant, it was a win that felt like a loss. <laughs> the Chiefs improved to 4-0, going to Detroit to play the Lions. Uh, they won 34-30, a last-second drive by your MVP, Patrick Mahomes, led the Chiefs to victory. But again, this game felt more like a loss than a win because you expected... A little bit better showing from both sides of the football for the Chiefs against the Lions on Sunday.
3: Yeah, um, I guess the the thing to take away from this is Patrick Mahomes can will will your team to victory if you let him. Uh, they The Chiefs were faced with a fourth down, and he went for a, what, 12, 15-yard scramble. Uh, so, I mean, like, the Chiefs are loaded with talent, and even when they have bad days, uh, they can still beat good teams. I'm not going to go as far to say that the Lions are a – are were really a huge underdog in this game uh i had i had watched some of the lions tape and uh their defense is actually very very good so to, to score 34 points uh on the road is still very good um but yeah like you said it, it definitely wasn't the uh chiefs blowing out the raiders or the chiefs blowing out anybody else that's what we had grown used to in the last couple of games um and yeah just wasn't that uh this week and um I'm just happy as heck that we came out with a victory because I think that last year's defense would have made it a little bit even scarier um, for, uh, for it, two Hail Mary attempts like that.
2: Yeah, I thought for sure that one of those Hail Mary attempts was going to connect because, of course, they would have. Uh, but sticking with the offense first, I mentioned it on the preview show that the offensive line was going to be in great question, and it was. I mean, they, they let up three quarterback hits three tackles for a loss, and there was just constant pressure on Mahomes, as there has been all season. And this was one of the best front sevens that they're going to face this year, even without Mike Daniels. So that's still concerning, that offensive line not being up to par. I
3: think that uh, that it's just – I think it's interior offensive line more than the edges. I know that the edges come off – like get all the credit for that kind of thing. Um, But to me, it seems like Austin Ryder is – okay in the run game and not so hot in the passing game um actually I i would go just i would go as far to say is he's just inconsistent in both realms because sometimes he just gets swallowed up whole by any regular guy now he had to face off with damon snacks harrison who's arguably a top three or four defensive tackle in football um so i mean I'm not going to go as far as to say the offensive line was bad against this front seven, this front four, uh, because those guys are are very talented players. Um, I I, I think that they're still kind of gelling. Um, We'll see. I don't think the Chiefs have actually put together a a complete game on the offensive side of the ball. They're not clicking on all cylinders, which should be terrifying when you score 34 points on the road. Um, I, I, I really just don't think that they've hit their stride yet.
2: Yeah, Mahomes went 24 for 42 for 315 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, and it was one of the worst games you've ever seen him play because he just looked out of sync, and even though he threw for over 300 yards, you still felt like there was so much more that was left on the table due to the pressure that he received, miscommunication from him and his receivers, just a lot of stuff that went into that, Uh, but that is scary for the rest of the league because Terry Kills is going to come back in a couple weeks, and this offense— theoretically should be getting a lot better uh, down the stretch yeah, of the season and
3: not to mention uh, that uh, that eric fisher is going to get healthy at some point you, you hope this season um so i mean there's there's things like that damian uh, williams is uh, banged up i mean there's still pieces that can be put in play um obviously i think Miko hardman Uh, is still developing Byron Pringle had a huge reception in this game like there's a bunch of young guys on this offense as well that are still getting in sync so um, I would expect them just to get better as time goes on and hopefully by the time that they're playing in New England they're hitting on all cylinders
2: yeah and even LaShawn McCooley has been very good this year he had 56 yards on the ground and 33 yards through the air with a touchdown run he looked, he looked very good tonight, and especially battling through that ankle injury he's had for the last two weeks. And he's been what we all thought he was going to be in this offense with reuniting with Andy Reid and just coming back to life in his NFL career. It's been a, a joy to see him play for the Chiefs. Yeah,
3: for sure. I, I, I think that it was kind of overblown to say that he uh, had really lost a step. I, I mean, like he's obviously not as fast as he once was, but he is still twitchy. He makes guys miss the first time every time. I mean, even on even when it seems like a sure tackle, he makes the guy miss. So Buffalo must have had the worst offensive line in the history of offensive lines if that guy couldn't get more than three yards or four yards of carry.
2: Yeah, and we mentioned it whenever they signed him. That's why Buffalo reinvented their whole offensive line was because they ha- they had a terrible one and it made Leshawn McCoy look bad. Uh, you know, b- you know, just by being in that environment. So he's looks a lot better in Kansas City. And hopefully that will continue. We'll see how his body holds up throughout the entire year. But so far, he's been a warrior and he's been a very, very good player. So let's delay talking about the defense for as long as possible. (laughs) But this unit is no better. Let's talk about the special teams because the special teams has really been a strength of Kansas City since Dave Dave Tobe has taken over. But this year, it's just been awful. I mean, here are some buckers missing field goals. There's penalties almost on every kick return couple fumbles tonight on a punt return and a kick return. It's just not been going the way you wanted it to in the early season. It can, all get, it can all get evened out throughout the year. We're only in September. But it's a cause for concern when you're fumbling punt returns and kick returns and having penalties. You just want to have your special teams come on the field and get the ball back to Mahomes or make your field goals if you're Harrison Bucker. But I'm not too worried about Harrison yeah, Bucker.
3: I, I don't know. I, I don't think Harrison Butker is as, as uh, automatic as maybe some Chiefs fans would have hoped. Um, but he's no Cairo Santos. The ball doesn't knuckle off of his foot, and you just don't ever know whether it's going to go one way or the other. Um, but that being said, I'm more concerned about the unit as a whole. Uh, it seems like every kick or punt return, there's a holding penalty, a block in the back. It's just undisciplined football, which is not what you expect from Dave Tobe and the Chiefs, especially when Dave Tobe has so much say uh, and the personnel uh, that plays for the special teams. So he's, I'm sure the heads are going to roll this week at practice because um, it's been four weeks. I mean, this is this fourth game, and they're still not in sync, and they haven't been, um, and it, it looks rough. So for sure, um, they they got a lot of work to do there.
2: Yeah, the things need to change quickly on that special teams unit because it, it really could have cost them the game tonight especially. But now let's talk about the defense, and let's talk about the one positive first before we get into the negative. Chris Jones is elite, and he was incredible tonight. Three tackles, uh, a tackle for a loss, a quarterback pressure. He was incredible tonight. He recovered a fumble. He proved that the Chiefs paid the wrong guy, and now they're going to have to pay for it, literally, because I don't know how you let this guy get away. He impacted the game so much and really was the only bright spot In the defense, unless you want to throw in Emmanuel Agba and even Alex Okafor had a good game. But Chris Jones was a one-man wrecking crew tonight, and he just really needs to get the credit for the game he put on tonight.
3: Um, And I think that uh, I'm going to go a step further and say that not only was Chris Jones elite, um, but that that offensive front or that defensive front looked even better than it had in past weeks. But just to stay on with Chris Jones real quick, I think that they should have extended him before they even considered bringing in Frank Clark, I liked the Frank Clark move uh, this offseason. I'm not ready to say it was not a good move. I mean, we're still early. They're still double-teaming him once Chris Jones continues this dominant streak. Um, I think there's a chance that Frank Clark explodes because, I mean, he's got he's got the athletic traits of, of a Khalil Mack or um, one of the great pass rushers. He just needs to put it all together, and that's why Brett Veach liked him ultimately, um, but... Heck yeah, Chris Jones had an excellent game. He was a one-man wrecking crew uh, from the get-go. They didn't know what to do with him uh, even though they had they, they tried double teaming him a couple times the one time they just completely whiffed and he ran through the ran through the line and that's just something that you can't afford to do with Chris Jones. Um, so he had a dominant game. I would say there was a couple other guys that that had some really bad games. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at you Xavier Williams. Um, with He literally had two face mask, face mask penalties and contributed nothing to the run game or the pass game or anything. He gave the team 30 yards himself. Like, he should be noted on the box score as a, an, off, an offensive player for the Detroit Lions.
2: Yeah, and Detroit on offense did a, a very good job of controlling the time of possession. I mean, they won that battle... 33 minutes to 26 minutes. And really they had almost 34 minutes of of possession. Detroit did a good job of keeping Mahomes off the field. And that was because of the run game, just being awful for the chiefs defense. They could not stop the run
3: whatsoever. Patricia took a page out of uh, the coaching tree. He came from, he took a page from bill Belichick. That was his, that was the goal uh, from the get go. He was like, all right, we're going to keep blitzing Mahomes, make him beat us in man coverage. Um, they played pretty solid man throughout, and then they they when they had a lead, they were just running the ball and running the ball and running the ball, and the Chiefs couldn't do anything about it. So, I mean, it, it seemed exactly like what a lesser Patriots team would do.
2: Yeah, they had 186 yards on the ground for 5.3 yards of carry. They were incredible on the ground, and through the air, Kenny Galladay was a madman with two touchdown receptions, one that got overturned on replay. (laughs) Eh. Well, either way, the replays balanced out. He had two touchdown receptions uh, for uh, uh, 67 yards and five receptions. He was very good tonight, and so was Matt Stafford, who's playing on a bad hip, uh, but ultimately the Chiefs defense just – couldn't stop anyone for the fourth straight week and the second straight season and so on and so I think forth.
3: That there's a difference between this year and last year. Um, and the the thing that's different is that you have, you have hope that they could make a few stops here and there. And that's really all they need to do uh, on most occasions. Patrick Mahomes and the offense can normally move the ball up and down the field and the defense just has to make a few stops. And you feel like they can do that. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm saying that, um, Damian Wilson, who went out with a concussion, uh, he looks good. He's flashed and made some plays, um, uh, and um, Juan Thornhill and Bashad Breland have some moments every once in a while. Teron Matthew had a really nice play. Um, I, I, I mean, there's just pieces that that are that are better than last year uh, in the secondary, uh, in in the linebacking core. So it's not like they're. They're so pitiful, like they were last year, that you knew that if you scored and there was still two minutes on the clock, it was over. Like, like this year, if they score on the Lions with 20 seconds left, you're pretty sure they're not going to win it, but, you like, being a Cheese fan, you're still nervous about it, um, but that I think, I honestly believe that had this been last year's team, uh, the Lions would have Gotten closer to the end zone before they would have heaved it for uh, a t- trying to attempt for a touchdown at the end of the game.
2: Yeah, the defense is improved from last year because it would be hard not to be improved from last year. But there's there's still a long way to go, and we're still only a month into this new regime. But uh, it's not looking good so far. The run defense is what really yeah. concerns me because. The the secondary is what it is. I mean, you you can only go so far when Trevarius Ward is having to defend NFL caliber wide receivers. He's not an NFL caliber cornerback. That, so what are you going to do?
3: Six tackles in this game. Normally, when when cornerbacks and safeties have high tackling numbers, um, that's not a good sign um, because that means that the guy's getting in front of you, and you're the guy that is supposed to be covering him most likely. So. Yeah, Charvarius Ward, uh, we're going to have Morris Claiborne coming back. I would have to assume he would be the odd man out. Um, I, I can't believe that they would keep Charvarius Ward in. He seems like he can do okay in man coverage, but in zone he is just flat. He just can't play in a zone to save his life, and I think that's part of the reason that Dallas was willing to trade him to Kansas City. Um, so look for Morris Claiborne and see what kind of impact that has, I guess.
2: Yeah, Morris Claiborne can hopefully come in and, and fill a void. But even so, I mean, y- your secondary is going to consist of Rashad Breeland, Kendall Fuller, Morris Claiborne, and Traverius Ward. That's not exactly a good cornerback room. And then you get, uh, of course, the honey badger roaming the secondary to try to clean some things up. Ultimately, your pass defense is going to come from the pressure you're going to be able to generate up front. And hopefully, that turns around. Frank Clark has been non-existent in the first month, and he still has time to turn it around. But he has to turn around if they want to improve. The pass defense, the run defense is what concerns me though, because the strength of this defense is up front: Chris Jones, Frank Clark, Emmanuel Logbo, Alex Orcaford. The, you know, Damian Wilson went out with a concussion, but hopefully he'll be back for next week. Obviously, but those guys are your strength, so you have to be good at something. They're not good at anything right now. They're not good at stopping the run. They're not good at stopping the pass. They have to figure it out here in October, November, December before things heat you up know, in the playoffs. I,
3: I. I don't agree necessarily that um, that Frank Clark has been bad Um, he just hasn't lived up to his contract at this point like he's not it's not like he is um, just getting blocked out of every play like D Ford as a rookie Um, it's it's a lot different he's a guy that sets the edge and plays like uh, Justin Houston used to likes to get on the outside and that's what he's called to do is to try to set the edge and not let the uh, running back get to the outside of him. Um, but there's a lot of problems other than him in the run game. Now, uh, I think that there's the, the part, of the, part of the good stuff that we have seen, the flashes of good stuff we've seen from the defense, has come when Steve Spagnolo has been aggressive. Like, um, like when he sent the house uh, in this game, when he sent uh, Teron Matthew, and he sent Daniel Sorensen on a double safety blitz. And uh, another linebacker. I mean, there was just there was no way they were going to block them all, and um, that was a great play and great call. Um, so I, I, I just want the Chiefs to be more aggressive. I think that's how you make up for some of your losses. Um, obviously, don't be aggressive if they're just going to torch you on on um, on screen passes. But I think the Chiefs are good enough that they can avoid uh, getting destroyed on screen passes.
2: The Chiefs have to find their defensive identity going into October. The offense, I mean, again, they scored, 30, they scored 34 points, and Mahomes passed for 315 yards, so it sounds weird criticizing them, but they have to get in sync, but that's there's no concern for the Chiefs offense. They're going to figure it out. I mean, this is one bad week that any NFL team would take. Any NFL team would sign the dotted line right now if you tell them next week they're going to throw for 300 yards and have 34 points. Any NFL team in the league would take that stat line. But for the Chiefs, as crazy as it sounds, that's a down week for them. And they're going to look to try to reverse that next week and, and get a passing touchdown on the board and have a better offense offensive showing. Because if you watch the game and not the stats, they weren't in sync at all. And 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 there was a few miscommunication plays that normally don't happen. Mahomes fumbled a, re, a repass option. Mahomes missed a guy on a route that was untimed. Uh, just things of that nature happened all throughout the game, and they'll clean that up, and it'll be even more scary for the league, and it'll be even more fun for us to watch on the Aero well, podcast.
3: I think you're not giving enough credit. Bashad Breland took one to the house. 100 yards. Fumble return. First time since, what did they say, 2000? Where the defense, Where
2: the offense wasn't even trying to tackle him because I thought that the yeah, guy was down. But it's yes, he did take play. it back. He walked 100 yards. He, I will give him credit. Thank you, Brashad Breeland, for walking 100 yards. 27 I appreciate
3: points it. points to the offense. So, without that play, the Chiefs lose, technically. So.
2: Oh, that's so, correct.
3: Say what you want about the defense. They made a couple plays.
2: Although, we don't know. The fumble would have standed without the touchdown, so we'll see what Mahomes could do there. Maybe he even throws a touchdown pass. So, maybe Brashad Breeland is the reason that Patrick Mahomes is not a touchdown pass. Maybe he's the reason that the offense looks so bad I don't, tonight. I don't, I don't think know.
3: That's the correct line of logic but um I'm just gonna say I I don't think the defense is as bad as some may think I think that they they need to be more aggressive I think it's a it's an aggression thing where Spagnolo has has mixed in a few of these plays um and they've they've had some good moments I I really liked Honey Badger's sack uh I I, I mean he came untouched and he was too fast for Matthew Stafford to get the ball off and For teams like the Lions, who are going to take five-step drops, I mean, that's going to be very effective. Obviously, this is the first time the Chiefs played an offense like that. They've played Lamar Jackson uh, and the Ravens. They've played Derek Carr and the Raiders. I mean, these are teams that try to get the ball out as quickly as possible, and the Lions aren't that team. Um, I think there were some 50-50 balls that um, the Lions came down with. The Chiefs need to get better at turning their heads. Uh, Most notably was... Um, Anthony Hitchens getting hit in the back of the helmet uh, in the end zone. <laughs> because, I mean, you turn around, that's an easy pick. Uh, turning around might be difficult for a guy of his size. But there's just there's a few tweaks that I think we'll continue to see on the defense, and we'll see them continuously get better. Now, if the Chiefs were to say, we're pushing all the, all the chips to the center of the table, and we're going to get Jalen Ramsey, then things would ch- change in a heartbeat. Um, I don't know if they're willing to do that, but um, I'm just saying. I'm just saying.
2: Yeah, we'll we'll see the Jalen Ramsey front, which is a saga in its own self. But uh, next week they play the Colts, and the Colts haven't scored over 27 points all year, and they looked inept against the Raiders today on offense. So we'll see how that goes in Arrowhead and primetime on NBC on Sunday Night Football if they can contain Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton who may or may not play because he's injured right now uh, and see how they fare against the Colts next week but as for this week uh, a lackluster showing on both sides of the ball really because they both had a lot of things to clean up but a win is a win even though it felt like a loss in this one and the Chiefs improve 2-4-0 and we'll have a entire edition of the Red Hot Dog Podcast on Wednesday and Thursday reviewing this week in the NFL where your Bills took a loss to the pa- uh, pa- uh, Patriots excuse me And the Chiefs were able to escape the Lions. And also Baker Mayfield and the Browns slowed down Lamar Jackson and are in first place of the AFC North. Chill out. Until, Until Wednesday. For Grant Tuttle, I'm Roland Stiles. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you guys on the next edition of the Arrowhead Attic Podcast.
0: For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture.